Welcome back for another helping of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. I am Ross Boland here with my buddy, Mr. Barrett Dudley, to bring you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs. Barrett, how are you today? Oh, I'm good, toots. Did you, just, did you just toots me? Yeah, yeah, everybody. That's what they said back in the day. They said, everybody said, hey, toots. Yeah, but you can't. And the, and the women, they would say, boo-doo-ba-doo. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, diff- Leon, Leon, it's a different era, Ross. That's what, and I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it back to the, uh, to the era of the, of the Hey Toots, because that's, you know, same thing. Yeah, Leon being all in on that was great. <laughs> like he totally got it. Like somebody do 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 do's me, I'm hitting that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just you know, just imagine what it would have been like tapping that ass in, in the forties. <laughs> He's the best, dude. You knew his ass wasn't gonna un- deflate that doll. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's no, absolutely correct. That was never ever happening. Uh, we're gonna be discussing Kirby Enthusiasm's fifth episode of its tenth season today, as well as uh, starting out with the Outsiders' seventh episode. And uh, we have a very special top five today, which I'm gonna say up front: far and away the most difficult top five we've done, and a shockingly deep pool to pick from mm. for this actor now I, I considering and i'm not going to say who it is yet you can just look in the notes i guess and ruin it for yourself if you really wanted to but maybe <laughs> i won't even put it in the notes maybe wow it'll wow. just be a, a a shocker okay um but no it's going to be it's going to be very difficult barrett for the for the two of us yeah, yeah very excited about it and barrett has a couple other shows he wants to uh, update us on as well so uh yeah we watch a lot of television and movies here obviously as part of the clam fam and we know how hard that can be on your eyes which brings us to our first sponsor this episode of occ is brought to you by felix gray glasses i constantly have my face in a screen literally from the second i wake up until i go to sleep and there is no cutting back it is my cell phone it is my laptop it is my gaming pc at home it is the massive television in my living room on which i consume all these shows that we watch. It is the other TV in my bedroom that I watch movies on at night before I go to sleep. I mean, it is, it is incessant. And there is nothing that we can do about that in 2020. Too much screen time, it results in tired, dry eyes, headaches, blurry vision, trouble sleeping. And I've worn contacts since I was like 12. I'm blind as a bat without contacts. So it's even multiplied for me by the end of the day. And I have allergies in Austin, so my eyes are just shot but not since I've been wearing Felix Grey blue light glasses. Whenever I get home at the end of the day, I take my contacts out, I throw on my Felix Greys, and it's like instant relief. They launched in 2016 with the singular focus of offering the most effective computer glasses on the market with all the quality of brand name designer frames. Quickly became the internet's favorite blue light glasses. Felix Grey glasses filter out 90% of high energy blue light, eliminate 99% of the harsh glare coming from screens, and that's one of the cool things you'll notice when you throw them on. There was more glare on all your screens than you realized. It's like, you know, when you, obvious glare, when you've got like a window open and the sun's beaming right onto your TV, but you don't realize there's more glare on that thing than, than you've noticed. And when you throw these on, it's gone. It's magical. Unlike other brands who use cheap blue light coatings that are ineffective and can chip or scratch, Felix Grey uses a proprietary blue light technology embedded directly into the lens. Available in prescription, if you're blind as a bat like me, non-prescription, and readers... Felix Grey has you covered with optical glasses for work and sleep glasses in the evening that are clinically proven to increase melatonin secretion when worn leading up to bedtime. 
Huge. Why would you buy glasses from a company whose sole focus isn't making glasses? I trust Felix Grey because they make the best blue light glasses in the game. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC and get a pair of blue light glasses from the pros. Shipping and returns are totally free. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash OCC. Felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC. By the way, if you want more OCC, if you've ever said to yourself, my God, one episode a week, it's not enough. I need more. Well, you can get at least one more episode a week by joining the Mollusk Militia or three additional episodes a month by joining the uh, Crustacean Nation on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Support the podcast. Get additional ad-free episodes of OCC each month. Um, So far in February, what, we've covered the 2020 Oscars. We did. We did a recap and review. Mm -hmm. We did hotline calls for all. A lot of hotline calls. To give everybody a taste in both parties of the Crustacean Nation and Mollusk Militia of what exactly a hotline call extravaganza Mm -hmm. entails, which is the last thing we do of the month for members of the Mollusk Militia exclusively. And then uh, we also have our uh, throwback movie club coming up, which we can announce now is... Casino Royale. Casino Royale. And I, I watched Casino Royale uh, this week already. I've already done it. I have taken copious notes. I have a lot to say. It's a fantastic movie. HBO Go, correct? HBO Go, yes. yes. Um, and uh, it's just going to be a great pod. It'll, it'll be movie club as you know it, but obviously I, I think it'll lead to other conversations around Bond in general. For and sure. then about just action movie franchises and what this one did in the middle of the 2000s when kind of like on the cusp of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all of that. Plus, we'll we'll kind of talk about Daniel Craig, at, uh, Daniel Craig's Bond as a whole. I mean, yeah, this it's, no, no time to die is supposed to be his last one. It's right? pretty 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 ripe for conversation. So uh, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I have at least twenty six bullet points in my in the notes app on my phone. Twenty six. I mean, I, uh, that, that, those are about the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm and then excited. other stuff too. Yes, so, I wasn't yeah. saying. Barrett, that's, that's too, too many. many? No, okay. All Listen, right. I need you to come back with seven of those missing. <laughs> Shoot seven of them. Pick seven and murder. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got a no. call. You got a call. Casino Royale is one of my uh, all-time favorite movies, and that's not just in the Bond realm. In general, it's probably in my top 50 ever, ever. I love it in, in part because I love the uh, setting, the Bahamas. Yep. We've bit, Barrett and I were fortunate enough to go to like this area where some of the stuff is filmed. Well, actually, you were not on the trip where we went to the. That, did you did, go to the, yeah, be, the beach club? Yeah, we went to the one where he like he drops the uh, the the car. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. on all the cars, and then he goes inside right, and wins. Right. That dude. Yeah, we went there. It was tight as hell. Okay, well, that, oh, just, so just just small preview. Yeah, this is honest to God. Casino Royale is probably in the. Top 15, no doubt, of the movies that I have watched the most. Really? Yeah. Somehow this movie just like- It's it, great vibes though. It's, yeah. I just like, not only have I put it on several times, but it's one that if it's on TV, I always click on it. Like I'll, the babes. You know? Wow. And great so, Bond girls. I've just seen it many, many times. This watch was the first time that I think I, ac- I, I actively realized that that is the Bahamas that he's in. Really? <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? Because I just always like you put you put Bond at a beach, and I I kind of just automatically assume it's some exotic place in Europe I've never been before. Okay, it's like Monaco or or maybe something even more exotic. Maybe he's in South Africa. Maybe he's in Cape Town. I don't know. But I, I it's just You're like a Bond snob. I'm You're a beach snob. I, I just the the way that I think about Bond, I always think that a Bond beach snob. Yeah, and I'm like, so this time I was like, oh wait, this is the Bahamas. Yeah, huh. yeah, oh yeah. 
Yeah, dude, it's like uh, Paradise Island and shit area too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, get you know, stuff. give me the Bahamian, give me the Bahamian bi- vibes, baby. I'm all for. I also love poker. Mm. Huge mm-hmm. on poker. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Of, we used to play poker all the time in high school. We had like a little poker squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we were there. Degenerate gamblers. That work. was. That was the rise of Texas Hold'em. It was. It became it was a during, national it was phenomenon. It was like the World Series of Poker was yeah, like people were the too, hottest people thing were in the world. People were putting on ESPN to watch for, for the sole purpose of watching the World Series of Poker. And I will say, how crazy is that? People still do that. Oh yeah, but what do you think? Like twenty five percent of the of the percentage that were doing that in two thousand four or five. It was at the it was at the height of pop culture at that point, mm-hmm. which we specialize in, and we know. Everything about it. We do, yeah. And sure uh, do. no, so we played a ton of Texas Hold'em back in the day, which is what they, that's sort of the reason it folded into this time period. And uh, that made it even cooler. And then I loved what they do. Anyway, we're going to talk all about Casino Royale on Patreon, break yeah. down the movie, review it as a whole, get into the new movie and what we're looking forward to about No Time to Die and uh, give you all the takes about Bond that we've got that we didn't unload just now. So, patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Support the show. Get more OCC ad-free every single month. Three episodes in the Mollusk, or uh, in the Crustacean Nation. Four episodes in the Mollusk Militia where you receive the hotline call extravaganza every month to close it out. And, uh, oh, you also gain access to the stuff that we published in the prior month. Now, I did have somebody reach out and tell me that there may be some limit to the backlog on Patreon. So I need to go in there and check hmm. and see if there's some type of... a limit i have no idea i need to go back and and see how deep it goes but you should have at least the last several episodes to go through and i will see what uh what all that's about when you you get in there when ross when you go back just get in there nice and deep i'm gonna get in there real nice and deep deep real nice and deep okay all right let's talk about the outsider okay season one episode seven titled in the pines in the pines in the pines in the pines ross big picture Hmm, yeah. Act like we're in fifth grade here, and you're writing a book report about this episode. Give me the give me the main point. What what happened in this episode? What was the what was the what was the main point? Mm, well, <laughs> uh, not much progress was made in the way of plot. I suppose the main point, my main takeaway, was that El Cuco doesn't have as direct of control over these rash guys as I perhaps thought he did. Okay, all right. why let Holly get away? But also, now there's vast confusion for me because Holly ends the episode for her mm-hmm. with this vision or dream of herself not getting away, mm. being shot. That's right. And then uh, waking up screaming into the void to scare the living shit out of me. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know what that was about. But in terms of like... If they broke this up, so I'll give you the description. I'll give you their synopsis that they put out. Okay. Holly tries to help a volatile but conflicted Jack while their whereabouts are being tracked by Ralph and Alec. After she's confronted by gossip, Glory considers Howie's suggestion on how to secure her family's financial future. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe okay. I, there there were more there were subtle things about where these characters were sort of going from yeah. here. I don't know. Why do you ask? Because because I have like a one sentence. Actually, you have an just, answer. I just have a three word sentence. Three words for what this episode did for me. Hit me. Holly escapes Jack. Yep. That's Th- what happened. That's it. Yeah, no, she got away. Last episode ended with it looking pretty pretty dire pretty for her. Bleak. Yeah, pretty bleak. Not good odds. And then she tricks him and she gets away. Mm, in this turns episode. In, turns out Jack 
fell for the old I have to go to the bathroom trick. Yeah, wh- who who falls for that? But then the one the thing where you break the window but then you don't go out the window, that was pretty that was pretty sneaky. Double back to the car. Yeah, that was He's good. Out of that the was car. Good. Uh-huh. You're I right though. There, I I, shit. I I forgot Glory decides to sue everybody. Yeah, and then somebody suggests she sell her house too. Yeah, but she says she no. Was. She says no way. Mm-hmm. I'm staying, digging my heels in, baby. Yeah, I'm but I have no. I'm calling but, the fucking lawyers. I, I, is that is that even supposed to matter to me right now, Holly? No, really, Glo- Glory. I'm sorry, Glory s- suing. Um, I got I got the cuckoo to work at worry about, and and you're serving me up B plot lines about here's Glory what I'm thinking. suing the city. It's got to be something about where we're get because we know more family members and shit have to break. Yeah, so Glory has to go somewhere darker. Or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm the least interested in glory of every character. Her general, she's about the same level of Ralph in terms of intrigue for me right now. Mm-hmm. Which is, Ralph is seven episodes deep of dealing with Okuko and has failed to make any progress in acknowledging that it actually exists. Yeah, he, he, the, you know, it's always, to a certain degree, we watch shows like this that deal with the paranormal. And you, you know, you relate to the skeptics, right? Sure. Because yeah, yeah, that's, that's, because the way that's the world generally goes. how we feel generally, here yes. in our reality. About things we can't see About in things particular. we can't explain. You know, we're, we don't we're, understand. Exactly. Yeah. We're skeptical. They breed fear. Aliens, ghosts, the whole, the, the, the whole shebang, you know? Literally we're, anything we don't understand. Yeah. For some people, it's race. But then we get in the show, in the show's reality, and there is an overwhelming amount of evidence pointing to the existence of something supernatural and unexplainable at the very least sinister and it's like okay well now we're we're dealing with a different reality where there is concrete evidence of this stuff we don't live in that reality so we're no longer relating to the skeptics we're just getting pissed off that they're keeping their heads buried in the sand yes you know what i mean we're like hey hey like ralph and glory shut the fuck up and look at what's happening here get out of our reality because it's the cuckoo, man. Yeah, it's, it's cl- the cuckoo. It's clearly el cuckoo. It's <laughs> it's so clearly uh, el, el cuckoo. Um, I started watching Narcos season. What what is? Oh, it's Narcos Mexico season two. two. Yeah, and I, I just keep wondering at what point will there will there will there be an el cuckoo named gangster? Cu- an el coco. Maybe in reality, oh, yeah. cuckoo, coco, yeah. cuckoo, cuckoo. I'm cuckoo <laughs> for cocoa puffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. So Ralph going to like his shrink and melting down mm-hmm. and still not even being able to say anything was truly pathetic. Yeah. That dude, no no one's been ever less in touch with their feelings than Ralph. His shrink is bored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's dealing with a paranormal sinister being and his psychiatrist is bored. Well, he's not, he's not, he's not said that out loud oh, to the, open you know. Open up. He won't open up, Barry. He won't. I know. I know you he won't. You have to open up for therapy to work. Spill your beans, Tommy. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta spill the tea. Anyway, Ralph fucking pisses me off. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just uh, these 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 middle this the back half of this season just feels to. It's just confirming like did this need to be ten that it didn't need to be ten episodes. I'm waiting to see if there's a reason that they felt that way. But so far, I'm guessing it's Stephen King mass self-masturbatory purposes. 
Like he yeah, was like, yeah. Oh, you want me to? Oh, you, like, oh, you guys oh, want to do maybe it. like the book deal? That's but, actually who knows what the contract. He could have structured it. Maybe where it he says was like, if you nah. option it for a TV show, it's minimum 10, 10 episodes. Maybe I don't know, but I have a feeling it comes down to stuff like that sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. Where an author in particular could want to protect their story and yeah. not have things cut out. I don't know. This is, it's just kind of, it, it's interesting to me because, <clears throat> you know, we're starting off 2020 here. It's our first full year where we're going to, where we're talking about all of the television we watch, mm-hmm. you know, in a 12 month calendar year. Right. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about, I'm already like thinking about my 2020 best list rankings. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, this is the type of, this is the type of stretch that pulls the outsider off my, that will end up pulling the outsider off of my top five. Now here's- Because I really enjoy the show. I love the mood. I like the, I I like the, you know- The actors, The content and the acting and and the the subject matter. But it's like, I'm not going to forget that episodes six and seven, we have three more of these. Yeah. 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 Okay. That episode six and seven are like, what- what the shit, man? I had a conversation with one of the dudes I game with on twitch.tv slash boss rolling about the show. And this came up. Like, obviously, this is the big conversation point around The Outsider. Is that it's these middle episodes here that nothing's happening. That they could have clearly cut it shorter and made it eight. That, you know, why, why are they so slow? Whatever. And what we were bringing up was that if you look back at, like, Game of Thrones seasons, they were typically, if you got lucky... Four episodes that were fucking sick, that really stand out in your mind. Mm-hmm. And then there's six episodes where shit's just getting pushed along or the table's being set or whatever. There's a couple of seasons where if you go down the list of episodes, like it, it, it's like it's like this last few years post-Thrones has, or like tail into Thrones into post-Thrones has we've, we've become more, there's so much damn good TV. That we're more, I guess, we're more, like, our time is more precious to us. We don't want there to be drawn-out stories. We want it to be more, like, succinct almost, right? Because that's what I end up feeling with these is I'm like, well, shit, it would have been, like, less time for me to sit down and consume your product if you had made it shorter. Yeah, no, so uh, so I I agree and disagree with, with two parts of what you said. Okay. That back half there, that is absolutely true that is that is i'm almost positive that that is the largest factor in the way that i feel the way i feel about everything now it's why i don't like movies that are three hours long it's like why i'm asking why this couldn't have been eight episodes instead of ten it's because i want to get back to sex education i want to get back to marvelous mrs mazel i've got that you know mcmillions to watch i've got the new hulu shit coming out it's like there's so much right so there's so much that it's like we're very, very sensitive to people wasting our time. Yes, now for sure. Yeah, and so that's absolutely just to to hit on the thing that you were talking about with a yeah, what you with a fellow with? gamer. I, I think I feel like we kind of proved in our nights rewatch that some of those episodes where we may have originally felt like they were like slow. Yeah ended up kind of being the reason why we liked Game of Thrones so much in the first place. Sure. Is be- the conversation. We, yeah, and is the right. And and So you know it doesn't hold that kind of weight necessarily yeah, on the just outside. Because, yeah, especially because that one 
we knew it was like a long plotting story that was going many seasons. And every conversation was so important to understanding what was going to happen down the road or what had yeah. happened in the past. Yeah. And this one, I mean, like, did I'm I'm trying to think. I'm trying to I'm trying to give the outsider a break. Like, did this did this develop character any further for us? Did it did it help us understand anybody else better? Maybe Jack a little bit. So the only like we, thing... we know Jack is like a reluctant subject of this thing. He really doesn't want to do this bad shit. Like he's trying as hard as he can. It's almost as if Jack's experience with El Cuco, when we met Jack, he was a dickhead already. Yeah. Then he El Cucos. And now because of his experience, he's like a better guy <laughs> as he's possessed mm-hmm. still, unfortunately. Yeah. But you can see that he's so broken, right? And it's just like, yeah, I mean... The thing I ask myself is, okay, if it didn't push any of the characters forward like that, if it didn't develop any character, like we already knew Ralph was skeptical. We already knew Jack was per, like had some softness to him somewhere in there. We'd seen it in the past couple episodes as well. Mm-hmm. It just came mm-hmm. forth even more in this one. Um, we knew Holly was smart and Jack was dumb, but I didn't think he, that this he would let her escape. <laughs> um I mean, we knew we knew Glory was was melting down, and and things were not going well for her already. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. It didn't. So it, the, it, then I asked myself, where? What other questions did it introduce? Mm-hmm. So did it make me ask any new questions about the entity? No, not really. Did it make me ask any new questions about I don't know any of the characters and their motivations? <laughs> Not really it's yeah. the same shit. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe this one wasn't great. Maybe it wasn't. But but yeah. honestly, when it ended for me, I wasn't like, damn, that was a waste of time. I was like, okay, same dark shit. I get it. Uh, I, I think it, you, you actually made a point that I hadn't really given as much weight to. And that is, what what is its level of control over the net guys? Because, you know, at one point, Ralph or one of the police officers talks about how they weren't going to the barn. In fact, they went two hours in the opposite direction, which was kind of peculiar. And it was like, was that him lying to her or protecting her? R- yeah. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. And he, and so we know that Jack is like, and we talk about how he was dumb to let her escape, but that also probably has to do with the fact that it's a big piece of him wanted her, wanted to, her escape. to escape. Yeah. Because, I mean, he literally is like, give me your phone. Mm-hmm. So he knows it's it's like she's going to try to escape. Like he knows. <laughs> yeah. And then he still sits there for a few minutes and lets mm-hmm. her figure out a way to fucking get out of there. So. Yeah. So uh, so that's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, we're kind of, you know, we're, we're looking for things to pull from this episode, which means that the, the meat of this episode should have been packaged up into like 15 minutes and put with the 30 minutes that were good from the last episode and you know, cut one off this bad boy. So what's with the, the strip club guy? We're still waiting for the other shoe to fall with this fella. That's that's shocking, by the way, that we still... that's That yeah. shows you the pacing here. That right. guy has a clock. The hour has not changed. <laughs> Mans doesn't even have a rash. Did he quit in this episode, right? Did he He, he quits? got fired, I think. Or got, yeah, I don't know. I think he, he quits. He says he's going to move. He's moving elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. God, that can't be good. Jack <laughs> hitchhiked with that guy with a truck driver. Uh-huh. Can J- Jack can scratch, right? Didn't Jack... No, no, Jack can't scratch. Jack can't scratch. Jack can't scratch. Jack talk tie. Jack, that's... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Jack talk tie very well. Uh, do you think, more More importantly, do you think he followed the rules of the road? 
grass, ass, or uh, gas? What is it? Is that it? Are those the rules of the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think think so. I got it. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm a fucking hippie. Uh, that nobody should have that in their head that didn't live in that era. What's wrong with me? But, what is the what's? But I'm I'm also thinking of. There's a few. What's the? I mo- feel like the one I served up is the most politically correct. Who 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 makes somebody? <laughs> yeah, you did absolutely. <laughs> is it? Yeah, Jay and Silent Bob. Okay, oh. all right. Well, and then there's also there's also uh, Harold. Is it a Harold and Kumar one where they get in the uh, they get in the pickup truck with. With the crazy, the like the crazy, um, what Santa? <laughs> he's like a he's like a crazy trucker who lives out in the middle of nowhere, and he come, they he brings that him back like something that to would his happen place. To and Kumar. And he's got a hot wife, and he tells them that they can have sex with his That's hot not wife. Harold and Kumar. What is that? <laughs> what is that? What movie is that? White. Oh, it is. Yes. Okay, it is. It's Harold and Kumar. Uh, go to White Castle. The first one. Holy shit, dude. Yes. What? <laughs> Dude, I haven't seen that in so long. Those movies are so fucking stupid, but that first one. <laughs> holy shit. Did you I, did you ever watch Harold and Kumar Guantanamo Bay? I, sadly, I did, yeah. In so fact, did I. I. I think I even saw Guantanamo Bay in theaters. I maybe have seen it. I might have seen it with you. Though, yeah, yeah. Because there's no way we both saw it separately That's in true. theaters. That's impossible. That would be impossible. <laughs> That's impossible, sir. <laughs> and then, holy shit. I just remember there was like a 17-minute opening scene about like slurping dong in the, in the pan. <laughs> and I was like, why am I... In here, holy crap! Things have gone horribly wrong. Um, how the hell did we get to Harold and Kumar? Freak oh, Show. Truck, is that, truck Freak Show driver. is that guy's name. Freak Show, yeah, Freak Show. <laughs> and isn't it the dude from uh, from Law and Order, Christopher Maloney? Is is that is he also from? There's something about Mary, the guy that gets stuff on his face. No, that's not Freak Show. Mm-mm. Damn it! They're they're in the same category of weird in my head for some reason. Yeah. Uh. <coughs> Excuse me. Where were we? Yeah. <laughs> Back to the outsider. Um, so no, I think that's about it. Like, the, the if they were just like trying to show us they could continue to stretch out the darkness, they succeeded. Yeah. Um, I did see quite a bit of like hooting and hollering on Twitter about, you know, one tweet I saw, and I'll say this is the extreme reaction: is the show's getting worse by the week. Mm. I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think based on the product we've seen so far. You know my rule of three that normally you got to see three before you can even judge. Man, we were good. You through three, we were good. So you owe it like you owe them the season before you can really say those middle episodes were trash or not because we got to see how it builds. Like I've got to see. Here's a question I have for you to close out too. Mm-hmm. Do you think we get a definitive answer about this entity, or is it dealt with definitively? So again, and I'm 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 qualifying this based on my expectations and kind of like what my final judgment will be okay for for me now with three full hours left to go if they don't if if they don't wrap this up with something concrete i will call this show like poopy pretty middling i guess It, it, it it will it will end up being one that started off really hot and didn't and just like really flamed out you know, I agree. Because now, if there was one episode left, I'd be like, "No, I think they're going to go cut us off with some really vague and, and kind of abstract and like, what was this evil thing? And and maybe it would escape and go away and bury itself for twenty seven years or do some weird Stephen King shit like that." Do the Pennywise thing, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, uh, yeah, down the I, well. Oh, I'll see you guys in two years for the next one. <laughs> right, yeah. but um, 
But yeah, with three hours to go. I yeah, feel I like, feel you. That's be, a lot. Especially because like I want the next, look, I want these next episodes to be really entertaining and good, which means that it, it feels it feels like next week needs to needs to start trying to ride another wave of like crazy shit happening. How many days have passed since El Cuco last got his- You think it, it, we, it feels like it's got to be close to the 27 or whatever, days, and, and it's about to be ready to do its thing again. Was the ring 27 days? Seven. Oh, way less time. Yeah. You do not get long if you no. watch that videotape, mm-hmm. which nearly killed me in theaters, frankly, <laughs> just from that minute of watching it. So, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. The Outsider, we'll see. We got a few more. Three hours more. Jesus, God, when you put it that way, it seems like. It's also like, it's crazy that I, I got to wait. It's going to be another month before we know the ending to this thing. And I want more Bateman. Give us some more Bateman. Yeah, yeah. Give me some old flashbacks to Bateman. Yeah. Tell yeah. us my flashback, huh? And uh, and uh, I'm uh, to to answer the question I presented with you with, I well, I don't think we will get a definitive answer. Okay, and it's going to be very upsetting hmm. for that reason, and especially after you put it the way you did that there are three hours remaining. So moving on from there, today's episode of OCC is also brought to you by Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, and they want you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It is simply this: if you have good habits. You are good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day, flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. Probably my favorite feature about the Quip. I've been using it for a few years now. Best toothbrush in the world. But this uh, sonic vibrations that it gives off to let you know when you need to switch... um, from one side of your mouth to the other, from top to bottom, to make sure that you get every tooth, every nook and cranny and crevice inside of your mouth is incredible. It leaves you feeling like you just left the dentist every time you brush. The Quip Floss Dispenser excuse me, comes with pre-marked string to help you see, uh, to help you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh bl- brush heads, floss, and toothpaste, refills to your door every three months with free shipping so your routine is always right. Your brush head, it wears out. You need a new one. Boom. Comes in the mail. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash dragon right now, you'll get your first refill completely free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash dragon. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash dragon. Quip. Dragon. The Good Habits Company. Now, Curb Your Enthusiasm's fifth episode in the 10th season. Yes. Titled... Insufficient praise. <laughs> uh, Larry receives a problematic gift from Freddie Funkhauser, who it turns out is Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Welcome back to HBO, Vince Vaughn. After a <laughs> slight hiatus, after what was one of the more horrific and failed characters in the history of television. Um, I like Vince Vaughn a lot. Mm-hmm. So... I'll be honest, when I saw him on screen, I was kind of hoping he was playing Vince Vaughn, like that he was going to be Vince Vaughn. Okay. Because you never know. Sometimes you'll get a celebrity and it's that celebrity, but but most of the time they're playing some other character, I guess. Um, he gives Larry a sex doll. He, may have, he, has, he has it mailed to him. Gis- S- discreet it. packaging. Do not puncture. Mailman, though. He knows. The mailman knows. Rat bastard, that mailman. <laughs> Um, he, gives Larry, he gives Larry a sex doll, and it's like a it's a more classic one, right? It's not a not one of the advanced it's, models, you, the newer right, models. Right. It didn't it didn't come ones. from Japan. Mm-hmm. Larry thinks it's weird, um, 
Of course, his roommate does not. He's into it. I guess it could have come from Japan. Maybe they've got the old school ones there too. Perhaps. But they definitely have the cutting edge. Yeah, we don't want to discredit the Japanese and say that they don't have the the model that perhaps was offered that, in this episode. That's right. They seem to be on the forefront of the, sex doll yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah, they're on the cutting edge of it, yeah. Yeah, they've got this, they've got it all, they've got it, yeah. Le- Leon loves it, though. <laughs> so Leon's- He's tap, all about it. Leon, what does he name it? Stacy? Mary or something? So he's, <laughs> Sherry, Sherry. Be chill, Sherry. Sherry. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what Leon names a damn sex doll. But uh, he's into it. He's obviously tapping that ass. He doesn't deflate it when he's asked to by Larry. And uh, the sex doll ends up causing the exact havoc you expect it to. It does. From the second he's gifted the sex doll, you, everyone watching the episode knew, well, at least one person's going to walk in on Larry looking like he's <laughs> attempting to have sex with the sex doll. And then it just so happened it was like a couple few people. Yeah. Uh, just a... Uh, man, I need to go back and watch some older episodes. I, I think this is what Curb has always done. It's really, it's usually like really kind of like, it's like simple classic comedy setups. Right? Right. La- like, like Larry gets a sex doll. What could, wh- somebody's going to walk in on him humping the sex doll. Yeah. Like that's the, you know, that's the setup. What we, kind we, of idiot tries to deflate a sex doll <laughs> in that manner? By, do, by doing doggy style to it? <laughs> And then and then gets caught and then continues to do it and allows another person to catch them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's th- this one again. Like I, I think with Curb, it requires much thought when you're when you're placing episodes up in like the top categories. This one was maybe my favorite of the season so far. Really, I thought I think that I think it's between this one and the first one. Okay, so. Yeah. What was your favorite part of it? Did you like the professional crier as a character? Well, first of all, we already talked about Vince Vaughn as Freddie Funkhauser, who I thought was great. But yes. this one was had a bunch of celeb cameos. Clive Owen is Clive Owen. Isla Fisher is the professional crier. There you go. Yeah, and uh, examples and, of and, one or the other. And Vince Vaughn as Freddie, Freddie Funkhauser. All were played brilliantly. I loved every single one of them. The professional crier, she crushed that. She really did. Yes. Uh, I, I feel like, do you think that it was like, wink wink at all when they like talk about going to weddings and crying since she's pretty much she's most famous for wedding crashers oh i didn't get that no nah, okay nah. all right well it definitely reminded me of that oh and hey vince vaughn was in the was uh oh, yeah yeah so they had they, they were the they had that connection i didn't even put wow yeah wow silly goose but then it just had it it had the hilarious hijinks with the sex doll um the just the Larry exclaiming over the sandwiches after he told Clive Owen that he couldn't do it on, that he couldn't lavish praise on somebody two seconds earlier was awesome. Um, but then I, you know, the scenes that just get me the most are just like the random ones. The one that stood out to me this episode was when Larry and Leon are just like trying to eye each other down. <laughs> where was the, where was the, dun, 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 dun. Usually, it plays one of the, it plays that one specific tune when oh, Larry yeah, does yeah. the face off with somebody, mm-hmm. and as they were doing it to each other, I kept waiting for it, and it <laughs> never came. I was so disappointed. But yeah, he's like, "Why? Why are you always? Why are you always looking at me like that? Yeah. Why do you look at me like that?" And they're like both trying to like get the higher ground to eye each other. Yes, it's just. I mean, I was just like, I was cracking up, man. Yeah, I really it, was. It was. Uh, listen, it was something about the tone of this one that worked throughout. Right? It's like that. 
there's episodes where the silliness bothers you a little because mm-hmm. you're like, this is so fucking stupid. And then there's episodes like this one where it's just silly as shit throughout. And for some reason, it just doesn't matter. Like it's these, the celebrities that they bring, like Clive Owens, it's such a strange role, right? Because you're playing you, mm-hmm. but you're playing a like douchier, shittier, dumbass version of you that right. Larry has created so that he can laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's very uh, it's very uh, unscripted, obviously. So you're sort of they, it, you, they always have a weird sort of vibe to them. These like he's not as familiar with how Curb works, so Clive sort of stands out in that way. And it's like I don't know. It's just that's there's so many weird elements to this show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the episode was hysterical. La- La- just give me an, anytime Larry and another and another guy are are just yelling at each other or Susie for that matter or any just Larry and another person when they do the elevated screaming thing yeah. and it, like where it just like keeps, keeps escalating and then it climaxes and, and they're then they're just screaming at each other yeah. like that just gets me every single time and he had a moment what was he what was he screaming at Jeff about. I can't. I like. I don't even You're remember about where they broke. They they're yelling at each other, and then they sit down as if nothing happened and yeah. continue their conversation. Yeah, yeah. There's been a couple of moments this season where they've included that transition, and I've almost cried laughing. But Jeff is. You can see that they keep having to cut away from Jeff and go to to the Larry shot because Jeff is like this close to breaking. He can't laugh. He cannot. Yeah, in every single shot, which just everybody knows that breaking is hilarious. Uh, Tracy Jordan, best of all. And um, I just, you love seeing those like little seams in the show. Like Jeff is clearly about to die laughing, yeah. screaming at Larry here. Dude, I don't know how, how many takes they have to do to get those scenes off where they're screaming at each other like that. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, okay, so first of all, Carrie Fisher's character, or Isla Fisher, Isla Fisher, how do you say it? Isla. Isla, Isla Fisher. Fisher's character. She starts out dating Richard, Richard, Richard Lewis, Lewis. Mm-hmm. in this episode, ends up dating... Clive Owen. Clive Owen, <laughs> who then also figures out and is upset by the fact that she's a that professional, she's a professional crier. crier. That's right. She ends up being flung into the, st- flinging herself into the street. <laughs> to save just, the stole. Just like the story she told <laughs> Just like Larry. her mom, just like her dead, her dead mother. There was so many, like, when you say that out loud, it's so Seinfeld. And then, like, there was the, anything in a theater with Larry, yeah, it, that yeah. all made me think, Seinfeld- Played with stuff like that before. Uh, what was it that that they did the episode about? The, there was a Pez, uh, the dispenser. Pez dispenser. The Pez dispenser. Yeah. And then, but Elaine upset somebody by. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It just had. There all are those... multiple scenes in Seinfeld in movie theaters or in You're theaters right. of some a lot. sort. There's a lot. There's the maestro. Yes. There, there's a there's lot. Roche, there, they go see Rochelle. Rochelle. Yeah. There's like I mean there's there yeah. So it's... that had like it just a lot of this hit me with Seinfeld vibes too. Um, and then I. Was, I mean, it was it was a great. One. I feel like this season in particular has been throwing back to Seinfeld or using some of its kind of tropes very frequently. De- I, I feel definitely like the, more so than in the past. Yeah, I mean, and that's I think that's like a matter of almost like space and time. Even and then, the, even the mailman, they got Lionel. He's he's basically Newman. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. To, to bring in a Newman-esque mailman. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the season he's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to use the tight shit I've got in the bag. Why I, not? It's great. I, I I'm love, all for it too. Yeah. Whatever. I feel, like, I feel like I'm getting an extra season of Seinfeld at some point. So it's- A it's, little bit, yeah. yeah. It's great. No, keep it going. Where, where are we? We got five more. We're halfway through. No complaints there. 
The, we don't need. We don't need. I, well, oh, so how's Latte Larry's going? I guess is that's the only real plot point, right, of the season. So I was actually. That's kind of what I was going to ask too. I feel like other seasons of Curb have had more overarching plot points. They have. It's been much more heavily involved. Not saying that I miss that necessarily. I'm just wondering if they're going to try to connect it all at some point. Oh, a little bit. Oh, it will be. Yeah, that's always his thing, right? They were. That's what they were masters of. It's those like glorious crescendos of mm-hmm. all the chaos they created, Larry and Jerry. Yeah, and uh, and I, that's what I'm looking forward to. So, so that's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Ted that's Dance the that's the new development there. Joe. New financial investor, financial backer for uh, for Mocha Joe. Ted Danson also the- walks over <laughs> to Cheryl's house. <laughs> And tells her point blank, your husband is fucking a doll, and then walks off. <laughs> as ex, a friend. I'm here as a friend. Your ex-husband is fucking a doll. Um, yeah, so it's it's the Latte Larry Mocha Joe. That's the kind of ongoing plot point. Yeah. Larry's developing new urinals. New urinals? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leon immediately tells him, like, what does he say? He's like, I'm, I don't want to brag, but <laughs> he says a woman... Literally flossed his butt cheeks with his Johnson. I thought he said he gave, they gave him a wedgie with oh, his Johnson. Gave own. him a wedgie with his Johnson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a real line <laughs> delivered in the show, man. Leo, it just kills me, man. The silliest, <laughs> most immature, ridiculous shit. <laughs> and just packaged in with all these insane life tropes. Yeah, okay. Curb's great. Moving on. This episode of OCC <laughs> is also brought to you by Liquid IV. Did you know half of Americans report they fight with daily fatigue? Maybe you recognize some of the signs of low energy. Decreased focus, lack of motivation, poor mood, unhappiness. Who wants those things? Nobody. Liquid IV Energy Multiplier gives you sustained energy throughout the day. Fight fatigue without the crash. It's the perfect replacement for morning coffee and an all-natural alternative to processed energy drinks. Premium matcha and green energy blend tastes delicious and provides a lasting energy boost throughout the day. The fatigue-fighting boost you'd get from a couple cups of coffee without the crash contains a mixture of teas and herbs high in antioxidants that help improve mood and focus. It's a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks and coffee. No artificial flavors or preservatives. Liquid IV's cellular transport technology, otherwise known as CTT, delivers an optional ratio of nutrients for more efficient uptake. Enhanced rapid absorption into the bloodstream gives you a lasting energy boost. Fast, powers your mornings, fuels long days at work, and provides a boost for those tough workouts. Clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. Convenient, TSA-friendly, single-serving packets. Perfect for travel. You may know Liquid IV for their hydration multiplier. Spoken to that many times. Love it. Drink one almost every morning after yoga, after a run, whatever, whenever I'm feeling dehydrated. Well, now... I like to uh, multiply my hydration mm. on Saturday and Sunday mornings, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, give us that, uh, give us that wink from Arrested <laughs> Development. Hit us with that. Yeah, well, now they have an energy multiplier as well. And my God, it's just as good, uh, if not better, for before yoga or before a run or in the morning to start your day or instead of that second cup of coffee or you can replace coffee altogether, whatever the hell you want. Matcha. Liquid IV. It's big in uh, Argentina. Matcha. Matcha. It's delicious and effective. Get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com. Use the code DRAGON. 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 That's the word, DRAGON. You use it at checkout. Plug it in. 25% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Just go to liquidiv.com. Enter the promo code DRAGON to save 25% and get better hydration and energy. That's liquidiv.com. Promo code DRAGON. Don't wait. Start fueling your adventures today. Yeah, well, you have to call me DRAGON. All right, now it's time to do a uh, a top five. Mm. I really hyped this at the top of the show. You did, you did. There's a reason for that. This man recently received his first Academy Award for acting. 
You're talking about- His name is Bradley Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, yeah. You may know him as Brad Pitt. That's how I know him. That's uh, how I have him saved in my- That's how I have his number saved on my phone anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys had the same hairstylist. Ah, uh, uh, right. That's all right. Yeah. All right. Try it. Um, I tried. Brad Pitt did recently won, uh, won Best Supporting Actor for his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's film that we covered on Movie Club on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles a few months back. Had a great time. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Brad Pitt's top five movies are what we're going to do today. We've been doing top five characters here and there sporadically. Uh, top five uh, actors and actresses, rather. And we've arrived at Mr. Pitt. Now, what I found when I was digging through several dozen lists of Brad Pitt's best movies, best Brad Pitt movies, Brad Pitt's best dramas, Brad Pitt's best comedies, blah, 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 blah. What I found, Barrett... Is that of everyone we've done so far, this is far and away the most difficult for me and what I believe to be perhaps the most impressive resume beyond, well beyond what I imagined in my head. Yeah, it's it's deep. He goes way back. And, you know, I, I think that I don't exactly know when this was, but there 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 was a narrative. Maybe it was the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s. Where there was kind of like a a narrative of is like is Brad Pitt really a good actor type yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, it sort of came into play. Or is he just really hot? Y yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but that's certainly not what you gather when you look at this guy's IMDb page. You know well, what I mean? He's it's just like shattered that that reputation. He's fucking and certainly all over it. yeah, right. And and um, yeah, it, it's 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 deep. It's great. I think that we've we talked a little bit about it when we talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but here's what uh, let me let me say this though. Great, but it's it's what we'll start going through this list of his movies and then we'll gather our top five from it. Mm -hmm. What what I find when I start to go through it is it's not that there's like this insane amount of gr my favorite movies ever. It's that there's an insane amount of very high quality movies or good movies. Like there's yes. a lot of movies I would rewatch, have rewatched many, many times, like in every different category you could imagine, really. Too. Yeah, and and you know you'll this will be par for the course for me, but there are a lot of like ones that I know are really, really famous that you've probably seen that I haven't seen, or if I have, it was many, many years ago. Yeah, and I only don't, a and I don't, I don't, I, I don't really like. Like, I can't, just to throw one out there, I can't really comment on Interview with the Vampire, but I know it's, like, it's supposed to be great. It's super famous. It's a good movie. I, I mean, seen, it's not one of my, it doesn't make my top five. Didn't see Legends of the Fall. Really good movie, That's but, it, you know. It, it also, it's like, okay, you have to watch that one at some point. So, anyways, um, so I, I just feel like my personal relationship with Brad Pitt is more with his, like, his more modern. His newer stuff. Yeah. If you watch Legends of the Fall, make sure you catch it on, on TBS when you have like the flu or horrific food poisoning or something that causes you to not be able to leave the house because it'll take up the whole eight hours. <laughs> it's like a 16-hour movie, and with commercials, it's okay. four and a half days long. Gotcha. That's great. It'll get you through everything, Barry. Good to know. Yeah. But yeah, and I think the other kind of interesting thing is what I was about to say just in regards to our discussion around Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm -hmm. is how... He, uh, another like piece of his acting career, part of that, part of the narrative now is like, Brad Pitt is a good leading man, but he is also an awesome character actor when he wants to be. Yeah, if you give so something he, that fits he, into his yeah, repertoire, so he's, sort of. He's, he's carried some shit, 
but some of like just the most the best most awesome pieces of acting work from him are when he's in like these smaller roles I'll give you my favorite has a one ever. Bit, and just has like something more obscure to chew on I'll give you my favorite one ever May, arguably the best one of his that he's ever done for me is Snatch he's the parky boxer yeah he's not a main character yep but he is a main character who's a main character in that movie mm-hmm. and you can't understand a goddamn word he says it's an incredibly random eccentric weird character to do that has like athleticism tied in and he fucking kills it. Yeah, it's one of or, the best parts well, of the movie. In, any of the like, he's right. He's great in an ensemble as well. Yes. So he and he's seemingly does not have any problem with not being the top build guy. Correct. Um, sort of throughout his career, if you look back. So let's talk about some of the older ones. Like, okay, one of the first times people, Brad Pitt was on a big, big screen was True Romance. Right. He just plays that stoner. That's yep. sort of like a classic uh, American <laughs> character now. Floyd. Yeah. Um. And then he was in like a few things here and there back in the 90s that were hard. Like, was seven in the 90s? Was that in the 90s? Oh, yeah. 95. So that was an example of one where you saw sort of the chops had started to develop. Mm-hmm. It, what, he, doesn't, he doesn't like kill that role. I'll say this. So, the, so the, the movie, I know this just from like reading about him. The movie that like put him on the map, like as a name. Okay. Was Thelma and Louise. He's a very, it's a very small part. Right. And then. But like, everybody was like, holy shit, who's and then that I, guy? I, I, this is, it's, it's weird, the, me- the memories that you kind of carry out of your childhood. But my dad, who uh, was like, very, and, and when I was growing up, we, we did a lot of this as well. But like, we tied our own ties. We went fly fishing in Colorado. We went on like these, these outdoor trips like this. Barrett's an Eagle Scout. So, uh, so 92's A River Runs Through It was also another big one. And I remember I remember that that one was like, who is this man? He is the most beautiful person living currently. Like- Yeah, it was acknowledged what, at that point. What is this guy gonna do yeah. now? He he was- That was, you're exactly right. That was sort of- And that was my 92. My first experience with Brad Pitt was like, okay, I could, this dude's clearly the shit. Well, now what? Yeah, and so then he did, then he did Interview with the Vampire, Legends of the Fall, and Seven, all in 94, 95. So he had a nice little role there already, like because I'll watch any of them shits again, right there. Yeah. Um, Meet Joe Black is sort of a random one. Seven years. Seven years. I mean, yeah. How about this '90s? Like, Interview with the Vampire, Legends of the Fall, Seven, Twelve Monkeys, Sleepers, Seven Years into Bed. I love Sleepers. Meet Joe Black. Right into Fight Club and Snatch. I mean, and that's it, when it crazy. starts to get really, really gnarly. Is when you get into the later stuff. You, you, he, dude. He started to really figure out how to pick them, and he also got into the production and directing side of things, That's right? Yep. which really helps. Uh, clearly helped with his understanding, because my God. So like, I'll say the last one that was a big, big movie, that Brad Pitt was the leading man, that I walked away and I was like, ah, oh, they should have fucking... The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Where does that even sit in anybody's movie lexicon? What the hell was that? If you go back and even read the synopsis... It's legitimately insane that they attempted to pull this movie off. He ages in reverse. Uh, I, I got a. You want me to just drop a bombshell on you right now? I hope. I don't care if you've never seen it. It's my number one. <laughs> How? <laughs> Benjamin Button is your yeah. number one Brad Pitt movie ever. Uh huh. I, I, I Okay. Well, I need your. I need your case. <laughs> I have a curious case of how that's your number one. Okay. First of all, you should know that. He was nominated for Best Actor in that, in, 
in that movie. Was he really? Yeah. And I think the movie was nominated for Best Picture as well. Okay. It, You're number one? It is, for for me- Uno. Yeah. I, I love- The it, loneliest it, number. Yeah. It's probably, it, not my number one movie of all time. No, I know. But I in know. our Brad Pitt top five Brad here. Pitt top five, yeah. Incredibly well acted. And f- for me, I think it was the first time that I was like, oh shit, like Brad Pitt really can be like a quote unquote actor. More than just eye candy. Yeah. You know? Second, okay. I, okay. I, I can see that. As far as like, I love the message of the movie. There, like there, there's a, there's a quote from this book in the movie about basically never being scared to like, no matter how old you are to look at your life, say to yourself, this is not what I want or what I want to be doing and have like the courage to change it. Right. So I, so as far as like kind of corny inspo, sure, sure. put it on my Pinterest board type shit. I love what this movie has to say. Okay. Second or third, it, it's just like, I, it's for me on my overall list of movies, I think it's criminally underrated. I can't believe I should so, all over it. So I give, I give it, a, I think I give it extra love because I, th- I think people do have like, you know, now, it, a lot of people don't, don't think it's a great movie. And to be fair, it wouldn't have shocked me if it was in your top five Brad Pitt movies, but okay. it does shock me that it's your number one, just considering the company. Uh, also, to be fair, I haven't watched The Curious Case of Benjamin Button since college, probably. <laughs> I was a completely different human being. Um, I might love it now. Yeah. Also, to be fair, guy who complains about movies being long, that movie is long as hell. It is. It is. Is that a David Fincher? Is it David Fincher? Pretty sure it is. The Curious yep. Case of Benjamin. Well, that makes a lot of sense. David. I had, that, that's, yeah. Yeah, there you go. How about, I'm just confirming that before we watch. Yep, directed by David Fincher, screenplay by Eric Roth. Eric Roth. What was the deal? How does it work? He ages backwards. So he's born old as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, he's a baby. Yeah. Yes. It yeah. is. It's, it's weird. But, but the, but as far as like kind of out there concepts go. Okay. It's really, really fascinating. Like the love of his life, like their relationship ends because. Because he's a baby. Because they're moving in opposite directions. So. It's like Keith. Even though they both, e- even though they both like fall in love when they're. 30 years old or whatever, they then have to deal with this, with the fact of what's happening is that he is like aging to become a young boy uh, and she is becoming an old, older woman. So it's yeah, just like- That's a different problem. I don't know. It just, it's really, you should definitely watch I'll it. I'll watch it because it's- right, I will, I will. All right. Since it's your number one, I respect it now. I feel like I fucking have to, especially after I just literally pooped on it. Again, I, 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 and I just, I'll add, I think I probably give it extra love because I know that there's a lot of- there, it, it's not universally loved. Right. No, t- clearly not. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, okay, let me throw out some other really good ones yeah. and see if any of them made your top five. Okay. And, uh, and they're ones that didn't make mine, but they're really good. Okay. Moneyball. Really good Brad Pitt movie. Fantastic baseball movie. Jonah Hill's awesome in it too. This was one of the ones where I was like, yo, this guy can carry for sure. He's he's badass. He can do a character. He can kill it. Billy Bean. What, Billy Bean. Is that Billy Bean. Yeah, and that's his that's his other um, acting nomination. He got ca- nommed for nommed for for in the at the Academy Awards. Reese. It's not it's not in my top five, but it's on it's definitely honorable mentions. Great film. Um, I recently watched Ad Astra. Have you watched it? I have not. 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. Also get why it got a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to like smoke weed and watch a Brad Pitt movie for three hours, this is not a bad way to spend your time at all. I was, I thought it was cool. The message in particular of it was cool. Mm-hmm. Cheesy, corny, silly a little. Yeah, sure. But I love outer space shit, man. You yeah. put Brad Pitt in outer space how and did, I'm there. How did it compare? Because the trailers always gave me like big interstellar vibes. How did it compare? Mm, I mean, it, it, it borrows from some of like the similar, it plays with some stuff like that, but it's not, I wouldn't even, nah. Okay. Other than that they're both in outer space. Gotcha. Nah. It reminded me more of that Clooney movie. Wasn't there one where he was in outer space? Everybody's been in outer space recently. Uh, Solaris, was that it? Or Gravity? Gravity. Gravity. That's Sandra Bullock, but he has a small role in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Small, but important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No spoilers. Uh, anyway, that was really good. I liked that Astro. And the music in particular, I just thought it was a good movie, man. I really liked it, but it's not my top five. Um, Burn After Reading. Mm-hmm. Really fun, really fun movie. I love everything those dudes make. Yep. Brad Pitt's character's fucking hysterical. Yep. The overly intense, like, howdy-doody workout trainer. Love it. I don't know if it was the I don't know if it was the first time that he ever took a role like this, but that one stands out to me as the first time that it's like, oh, Brad Pitt. Not it, that that was like not only is he one of the best looking dudes in the world, now he is able he's w- totally willing to kind of like make fun of his public persona and play a dumbass and like play a dumbass yeah and just kind of like do these kind of quirkier roles yeah. You want to know one that's great for him that I have to go back and watch that, that I've mentioned before that I need to go back and see again is The Big Short. Doesn't make my top five, and it's one that I lit- I must have seen it at a weird time or something. So the Big Short is because it didn't I, it didn't stick with me well enough. It's not that I didn't enjoy the movie; it's that I don't really remember it, frankly. Yeah, the Big Short is one of my all time favorite movies. Um, certainly of the last ten years, certainly of the two thousand teens. So I'm assuming it cracks your Brad Pitt top five. It does not because this wow. is, this is one of those ones where Brad Pitt plays a. That's an ensemble movie. Yeah. But there are a couple of main guys. It's sure. mostly Steve Carell and Christian Bale. He's not one of the main guys. And Ryan, and then like B characters like Ryan Gosling. And then he's like a C character even. And it's like it doesn't count, sort of. So it almost doesn't count. Again, I'm with that. It's another one where like the guy that he's like, it's kind of an unexpected thing. He pops up and he's playing like this. I think he's like an older uh, professor that... Yeah, it's really random. ...that really knows the stock game. Yeah, he's going to help Stonks. Um, stonks. Go Stonks. And he's awesome in it. Like, it's he's perfect. But it's not... But it can't be in my top five because he's on the screen for 15 minutes, basically. Have you seen The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford? Never seen it. I have. Many people consider this to be one of Brad Pitt's best films. Not a fan. Okay. Slowest goddamn Western. I love Westerns, man. I just didn't really like this movie. I don't know why. Not in my top five. Okay. Needless to say. Um, Allied, which I think he directed as well. Did you see that one? No. no. I, w- I wanted to see that, and then it just, that's one that slipped by. Oh, wait, no. I don't through the cracks. It's not one he directed, but I did see it, and I really enjoyed it. Not in my top five, but it's one that certainly fits into my good-ass Brad Pitt movies from the past 10 years that I would for sure watch again if it was yep. on TV and I enjoyed thoroughly when I watched it. I mean, the like, give me Mary, give me Marion 
Marion Cotillard, Cotillard, Marion Cotillard, and Brad Pitt yeah. in any movie. Yeah, I'll watch, and Absolutely. I want to watch them together. Yeah, I, need, I Allied, need to see this one. Allied was cool as shit. Loved it. Uh, Fury on a similar note. Very cool movie. I think that that is the one he directed, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I'm just going to say he directed every one of them from here on out. <laughs> uh, Fury was really good. Not in my top five. Badass war movie. Different story I hadn't heard before. Cool angle. Very well executed. Awesome movie. Uh, so again, like you start to see this, like, this list of really solid films he's built over this past several years in particular. And uh, then we can get into the ones that did hit my top five. I'll give you my number one first. After much debate. My number one Brad Pitt movie is Inglorious Bastards. And it's it's like almost like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood can't be in front of that for me. Because Inglorious Bastards sort of set the table for the Quentin Tarantino Brad Pitt relationship for that to even develop into Once Upon a Time. And I love how ridiculous his his character is in the movie. Yeah. Uh I have Inglorious Bastards as three. Okay. And it's possible that it's recency bias. Mm. You know. Fair enough. I just, in all in all, it's a gr- I that, really that, love the movie. That I, I have. love playing with World yep. War II. I love what Tarantino does with everything. But in particular, Brad Pitt's character is so fun and ridiculous and wild and going around carving swastikas into Nazis' heads. And it's just, <laughs> it's just next level. Yeah. So that's my number one. My number two is Snatch. Even with him being a character that's not on screen the whole movie, it's such a badass role, and it really changed, like, it was one of those movies that got me to be more into movies. When I saw Snatch, I was like, shit, dude, this is crazy. Like, I, I like, it was like an adrenaline rush, because that's what his, all, his, what's his name? The dude that makes these movies? Um, where every single one of them is... Guy, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, Guy Ritchie movies. Um... It's just like the whole time you're on the edge of your seat and it's just nonstop. That's a good point. Snatch came out in 2000. So we were around 14 years old and um, 13, 14. Yes. And super I, impressionable time period. Super impre- impressionable time period. And I think if I remember it correctly, it's like one of the first R-rated movies that my parents like not only let me go see, but I think I went with them. Yeah. Like they were okay with it. They were okay with Yeah. Well, because all the and R-ratedness so was because it, of the cussing, and most of it you couldn't understand because of the accents yeah. anyway. <laughs> so you were good. And so it definitely was is one of those, as far as movies in your formative years go, it's one of those that's like, oh man, movies can be crazy. totally something that I knew nothing about and didn't know to expect. Out of nowhere, completely random, crazy-ass characters coming in out of nowhere, right. wild yep. lines. Yeah, yeah, it was just the first movie like that I'd ever seen. Snatch is one of my favorite movies, and as a result, it bumps it up my list all the way to number freaking two. Fight Club is number three. I, dude, I could have put it at one. I could have put it at two. I, Fight Club is just such a good movie, and it's, again, it's so original and crazy. Obviously, it's based on a book, and I think that's why I end up bumping it down some. But his character in it is awesome. It's one of the defining roles of his career, if not the most defining role of his career up to that point, right? Fight Club changed the whole Brad Pitt, like... He, it was like more bad boy, mm-hmm. less pretty boy, more bad boy. Um, and it's just one of the most fun movies ever made. Just ridiculous. And I love both those actors too. Uh, does Fight Club land anywhere on your list? It does not. Mm. I, it, Sad. So two things. I've only ever seen Fight Club via cab- like cable TV. Uh, with commercials? Yeah. Okay. So I've never <laughs> sat down, started Fight Club, and watched all the way through that's it's, wild. It's probably in the it it probably makes like the top ten movies that I need of like 
that are on that list. Mm. Like I need to sit down and watch this movie all the way through yeah. to have it in my, I'm a guy that talks about film now. Yeah, yeah. Repertoire. For sure. You know, Mike vernacular. Bones, it's awesome. You need to watch that shit. I also, no commercials. I also really don't like Edward Norton. Really? Yeah. Oh man, I really like Edward Just Norton. Just not like, I, he, I know he's like a perfectly nice dude, good actor, but he does absolutely nothing for me as far as like magnetism on screen. Mm. Yeah. I, you know what? It's not necessarily that I disagree with that, but he has Brad Pitt in this movie, so yeah. it works. Yeah. Um, but also I'll say American History X is a pretty incredible movie. But other than that, I don't have a whole lot of Ed Norton, or Ed Norton movies up in my... You know, it's, pos- it, like, it's possible also, you know how you just sometimes you cannot separate an actor from a movie? Yeah. It, his character in Rounders, it's like, I, I just can't do it. I, oh, wow. I, that might have been it. You know? Wow. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe I just can't let go of his Rounders character. He was so good <laughs> that he ruined himself for you. Crushed the role so hard. Uh, my number four is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. I got it in there. I want to see it again, too, because I think it might be end up higher. It's one of those ones where, like, we had so much going on this past six months. I loved the movie. I don't know where it's going to sit mm-hmm. for me yet, rankings-wise, sure. in terms of longevity. And then, Barrett, my number five to close it out, and this was a very difficult decision, leaving out Ocean's 11, 12, 13, uh, uh, you know, it, that, that, was, that was tough. Not The Tree of Life, not even discussing it, not even mentioning it. My number five, though, is undoubtedly Troy. Okay. <laughs> and Troy could have been my number one. <laughs> and I'm not joking. Yeah, so uh, if just given the first few seconds of the lead up there, uh-huh. that, that was my guess for your number five. Yeah. It is, it's, it's on my list. Like it's bolded and I have honorable mention next to it. Okay. Because I almost put it, I almost put it in there. All right. Give me your top five. So my top. So it's mine to repeat real quick. Inglorious Bastards, Snatch, Fight Club, Once Upon a Time, Troy. Yeah. So ours are pretty similar. I have from one to five, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Once Upon a a Time in Hollywood at number two, Inglorious Bastards at three. And again, like I said, like that could easily be recency bias. If I go watch them back to back. Maybe I feel differently. Sure. But I just I just loved what he did with the film. Yeah. And he's so it's just he was just amazing. Like we, we you know, you watch the Academy Awards, they gave that little a segment, a clip somewhere, probably during the nominations, where uh where one of the killers walks in and he's like, Oh, I remember you. You were talking about something and like the Austin Butler, the, that's the actor, he's like, Yeah, I said the dark night is coming, and he's like no, it's dumber than that. It's just like, he's so funny in it too. Anyway, that was my number two. Inglorious Bastards at three. <laughs> the Satanist. Snatch at four for me. The Pikey is just an all-timer. Yes. Like, I mean. Pettywinkle Blue. Yeah. You like dags? It's funny, ma. <laughs> uh, and then I have the Oceans franchise at five because. This bumped Troy, man. It Yeah, it bumped Troy. That's fair for you. They They do similar things for me. In like the pantheon, like Brad Pitt as a, as like an icon. Yeah. At this point, his like coolness outweighs how attractive he is for me now. Oh, for sure. And those two movies are like the two pillars of those character, of of his, of those two characteristics. Troy and- Troy is like, he's sex on a plate. Sure. 
They covered him in oil for the whole movie. Yeah. Oceans is like, is there anybody cooler than this dude walking into a room snacking on chips? At all times. At all times. Like, like who is cooler than Brad Pitt casually walking to, into a room, cool as a fucking cucumber, just like popping chips into his mouth or whatever. You know what I mean? I and like, like that side of him yeah. means more to me at this stage of his career than the, you know, the this, hotness. this dude is almost too good looking. That would be the main deterrent deterrent for me pursuing, pursuing a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Look, I get it. I get that Ocean's Eleven and Troy, the, I get that that was going to be a battle for you. And it makes sense that Ocean's, the Ocean's franchise won out. And for me, it's, it makes sense that Troy won out because, uh, and I've watched that. I've watched, look, Ocean's, I like the movies. It's something about them though, where they were never my favorite. Like okay. I never loved them. I really enjoy them. I've seen them all multiple times. I yeah. watch them when they're on TV and shit, usually around the holidays. Uh, but for whatever reason, they just never were my favorite favorite. I think because the first one was so good, and then it kind of bummed me out that it became this like nine movie franchise or whatever. I don't know. Um, but Troy, on the other hand, I've watched intentionally on Blu-ray or streaming, <laughs> you know, thirty times. Yeah, yeah. And it's just such a good movie. But without him, it's dog shit. And what you realize, well, the, I, you know what? I'm going to fucking cancel that take. The last time I watched Troy, I was like, what the hell? I do not remember this many good actors being in this movie. Yeah, it's like got Brian Cox is Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Eric Bana, right? Is, it's, there's great actors all over the place. Yeah. Never mind. Cancel the, tr- the, take, the trash take about Troy being awful without Brad Pitt. But in terms of uh, what he brings to the movie, he's by far and away the MVP of the film. The opening scene with him... Where, they, where they're like, listen, you bring out your best guy and I'll bring out my best guy and we'll save all these but, men's yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ha He yells out <laughs> the dude's name. <laughs> I don't know what it was. And the dude comes out and it's like a nine foot tall, yeah. roided up HGH monster. Yeah, he's a giant. With no hair. A giant. And then Agamemnon's like, or whatever, one of the guys. He's like, uh, Achilles! And Achilles isn't there because he's super naked with two babes Mm -hmm, and some mm -hmm. kid has to run and go get him and then bring him out and then he's all like bitchy to his boss like fuck you dude I was sleeping bring me out here to fight people and shit (laughs) and then he runs in like uh, casually actually starts to sprint towards the dude like it's like from fucking what was the not us what's the one where people sprint at each other for no reason (laughs) and get out and get out like that but like really casual nobody's ever looked better sprinting than that dude in that scene no they have not and then he just does this the jump stab the jump stab which no one's ever executed in an actual (laughs) battle you'd be swatted aside like a fly Um, but it was it's just from the get go he sets the tone Troy it should have been my number one the way I'm talking about it you know what's interesting just I'm looking at the uh, the filmography here and I'm looking at all the movies that I have listed that I've seen that I enjoyed from Brad Pitt. And you you think about uh, big, big time, big name actors. Yeah. They all, almost all of them go through at least like a couple of attempts of like action movie, right? Yeah. Like they, every, everybody, because they're big budget, you get a huge paycheck. Your name, your name, and your and your your face are all over the posters, right? It's like this big thing. Um, but Troy and sorry, I've, I've lost my train of thought here. Is oh, so because another one that I wanted to talk about. Wow, I've structured this sentence very poorly. So, 
Troy, you yourself, though. Troy in 2004, and then Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 2005. And then that was really it. Those were like the two attempts at the at action films. And I don't even count really. Like, I'll put Troy in that category, but I won't even count Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I don't even, that never happened to me. I watched that movie in high school. And uh, it was one of the. It was one of maybe five movies I ever finished and was upset. I don't feel that way about it. To me, it's I don't like know a, why it's I like did. A, I it's fucking like a hated good, it. It's a good bad movie. To I me. need to watch it again. But but it, and it was I was like with a girl too, so it should have been fun. It's all it it. You, you don't necessarily need to watch it again. It's mostly interesting because of the chemistry that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie so clearly have on the screen and it led to the Jennifer Aniston breakup and divorce and and getting together with Angelina. Hmm. So the the whole backstory is kind of what makes it interesting to watch. Right. Okay. It's not a great, it's not a great action film. To your point though about the action film. It's fun though. And yeah, just interesting. That was 2004, 2005. And then you get the feeling that he was like, nah, I don't need to do these. I'll say this. To be in the most elite category of actor in terms of prestige in this country you can't fall into that's that. right that's right that's you true can't go do the action movies leonardo dicaprio is never going to be in some dumb fucking action but maybe when he's in his 60s or something no 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 he, he hopefully not he has proven that he won't do it well it you, to, to stay on that tier in my brain you got to avoid the trash so i i do i think that was true but i think that leonardo dicaprio is the last guy that's truly following that See, but there's still that Dude. pantheon of dudes, though. Christian Bale. Does that count? Uh, three Batman's. Yeah, that yeah. counts. Okay. But and he, Terminator. But he reach. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 done him, and he's like four time Academy Award nominee. Definitely up there. I just as far shattered. As you see, I pooped on something you loved earlier, <laughs> and now you've found an argument I, of mine to that, poop that's on. That's that's the narrative, and I think we yeah. still we still think about it that way. But Leo is is seriously one of the last remaining that's guys. That's fair because Bale like, definitely still sits I'm not, in there for I'm me. I'm not doing them right because he if if Christian Bale does them, I'm done. I'm done arguing. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. No, that was a fun top five though. Insane to to try to pick from. But Troy, I'm glad we got a good Troy respect segment in. Definitely, we've got made lots that. of jokes about Troy within our friend group over the years. Seen it many times. Yeah. Troy. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Elisa. I routinely argue that your mattress is up there with your TV in terms of important purchases you make for your home. So it doesn't matter if you've got a, you know, a, a studio apartment or a four-bedroom house with kids running around. It is paramount that you get incredible sleep every night. You need rest. It's the only way your brain works well, the only way you're going to be happy. And I get my rest on a hybrid by Lisa. Join me because Lisa knows how important rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. And to Lisa, a bed is more than just a place to sleep. It's a place for relaxation and rest. All Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary that you actually want to spend time in. Their most advanced luxury hybrid is made with uh, premium foams and springs for enhanced pressure relief with edge-to-edge support. I've been sleeping on the hybrid by Lisa for, I don't know, three plus years, four years, five years maybe even. The sleep is so good, I don't even know how long it's been. The hybrid is thoughtfully designed with the best of both worlds. It's incredible. I love it. Lisa believes all people should have access to deep rest and relaxation, and as such, they make it easy for their customers to know they've made the right choice through their social impact initiatives tied to each purchase. Lisa donates one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention to date, having donated more than 33,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Lisa Mattresses. 
are made in the USA. In-home delivery and setup is available. Financing is also available. Don't miss out, Clam Fam. Live healthier, live happier. Rest deeper. Order today. Get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash dragon. Use the promo code dragon. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. Dragon. Promo code dragon. Final thing we're going to talk about before we head out. Barrett, you had a... uh, Lisa, <laughs> you had a couple of uh, television shows you wanted to update us on. I did. That you have been did, viewing. That I've been viewing. What's the first one? Uh, first, first one that I want to talk about is it, it more is just like a brief recommendation. I'm only two episodes in, but it's High Fidelity, starring Zoe Kravitz on Hulu. You're watching it. Watching it. How's it going so far? Uh, so I've watched two. Hulu uh, released. They did the Netflix full drop, so all ten episodes are available. Okay. It is very, very good so far. Really? Yeah. Zoe Kravitz is wonderful. First time that she's like been given the opportunity to like truly carry something. To lead, yeah. To lead. And uh, and she's great in it. They've done a really nice job as well of like it's very much just like a flip of the movie. So her name is even the same as John Cusack's name in the movie. They oh, both, they're shit. both Rob. That is cool. Um, and... Uh, yeah, there's like modern updates with it. People have technology. Why that's didn't they, thing. It didn't even so, hit me. That's what they were playing with. I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So she's the. I mean, even so, the the book originally written by Nick Hornsby. Hornsby thank you, Hornsby. Thank you, producer Mike. In his, in the novel, the guy doesn't own a record store, though. I think it's something else. I think maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, it's a record store. It is a record store. Okay. It's in that's okay. Maybe it's just that it's, it's yeah. So it's a Producer novel. Producer Mike says it's in the UK. Novel, then a John Cusack movie in like 2000, and then Zoe Kravitz as a TV series. Okay. Anyway, yeah. worth your time, 30-minute episodes. Hulu. Very, Hulu, very digestible. 30-minute um, episodes. Yeah, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. That time crunch, baby. And fun to watch her, you know, like, kind of break out into this. Be actor. Yeah. Top Gun actor. Okay. What's the other one? What's number two? Second one. This one, I I think that you should catch up on and we should probably talk about it. Like it, cover it? Yeah. It's wow. The, is the McMillions documentary on HBO. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So here's my background with McMillions. I do a segment on the Ross Boland podcast called Stuff to Wikipedia When You're High, mm-hmm. where we talk about random... Sometimes it'll be some story from history. Sometimes it'll be some, it just it's all it has to. The only sure, sure. parameter is it has to be on Wikipedia. Yeah. At one point, we covered this scandal, the uh, you know with a short, stupid segment, not a documentary, and I was fascinated by it because the story is absolutely bonkers. It is so bonkers, like not believable, <laughs> especially if you're someone who played the Monopoly game. Yeah, which that's... I fucking played the shit out of it. Again, like this is another thing just like we talked about with Snatch. This is formative years type shit. I was stacking I can't tell those you, pieces, yes, bro. I can't tell you how many times I like... I was fighting kids for their fucking large fries so I could get two off the fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like begged my parents to drive through McDonald's so that we could get Cokes to like it, peel the stickers off And of. it turns out we never had a chance all that's, I wanted was like I, I just I got such a kick out of winning free fries. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, you were never gonna get boardwalk and we park were never place. getting boardwalk. We were never getting boardwalk. No, no, no. one or the other. You're never getting both. <laughs> and everybody looked for another. Imagine anyway. So these people, the the document. All I know about it is obviously the gist of it, which is that I covered it very briefly in this segment uh, when stoned. 
So I can't wait. I'm definitely going to watch it. I can prompt. How many are out? It's it's so I th- I believe that three comes out this evening. I think you know how, you know how HBO is kind of doing like a Monday show as well. I think it was sometimes. out last night because I saw a new episode. Oh, maybe it was. Okay, maybe, so maybe it's all Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So so the third one is out, and I don't. I actually don't know how long it is, and and I don't know how exactly how we should cover it. We could wait till after the Outsiders over and then do the whole thing at once, or kind of break it up into halves, or 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 figure out how many episodes did it. We've been it getting is. lots of tweets from people saying and we tackle it then. What what stands out to me though, and that you've already kind of spoken to, is just just how zany this is. And so, usually, I like put on a documentary, the Aaron Hernandez doc, for example, the the uh, making a murderer one, and I'm like, oh man, like what a fascinating documentary. This is so gripping. I'm so glad that they made a documentary about this, and I'm pleased with myself. For being an educated human watching a documentary. I'm Look such, at yeah, me. Yes. Yeah. You know, you get Learning that. and gaining wisdom. Exactly. That is that is the feeling that I usually get while watching an enthralling documentary. I am so progressive. <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes into McMillions, I'm just like, how have the Coen brothers not made this a film yet? Yeah. It is, it, 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 they could not come up with a better script if they tried. The characters are so outrageous. And so crazy, really? and so like off the wall. Like, how is this person real? So that's the thing the I know sto- nothing about. The story is, you know, the story. I know the story, like, but I don't it know. It has the it has all the perfect Coen Brothers. Like, it's got like a mob tie. It's got Florida. You don't want Florida in a, in, in, involved in this. Yeah, it's Florida like man. trashy organized crime, yes. which I love on a monopoly McDonald's level. Uh the names. You get Jerry Colombo. You got Uncle Jerry. There's Jerry Jacobson. There's so many Jerry's. Um, All the Jerry's, man. Love that. Shout it, to Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's just, it's really li- like I, I think I, I was actually talking to somebody at work today about this. I think that there already might be a movie in the works about this uh, that maybe they've optioned film rights as well. I hope that it gets into the hands of somebody like the Coen brothers. That's great with off the wall characters and a zany heist story. Cause this, because it's just, it, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just stranger than fiction. It feels like you could do like a Fargo. Yeah, absolutely. Florida though, not Dakota right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, that's that's exactly the feel. Like that an this easy story home has. run, almost like yeah. it's too easy though, and they won't Maybe do it, it as a result. Maybe it is. Huh. Um, okay. Well, but, I'm excited to watch that too. Then McMillions, but definitely that's also on HBO, is it not? That's on HBO. It's coming out week by week. Right. I think Episodically, I think we're three in, so it shouldn't be too difficult to uh, to catch up. What have you thought of HBO? Last question. HBO's lineup so far in 2020. Has it? Do you, have they expanded as much as you maybe expected? Because the thing for me with this year was going to be. How much shit do they start to throw at the wall to compete with? Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. I understand they don't want to go full Netflix. You don't have a choice but to go some. Because right. if you don't, the eyeballs drift. People, if you if they've used up all your content or what they feel is all the content that you're offering that they want to consume, they're going to move. Yeah, I, I think that- like Grazing cattle. I think that they are waiting for HBO Max to drop. Before Hashtag they, content cattle. Before, before they really like go ham on all that. Uh, that and, makes sense. And I think that you're, we're just now kind of starting to get to the point where after the merger and they're like, we got we to gotta start th- putting more irons in the fire. We got to produce more content. Right. Takes time to develop and get that stuff made. For so sure. I, so I think once the, the bigger, newer app drops, 
And then as 2020 goes on, we will we'll start to see more and more roll out. Remind me, when does HBO Max drop? I think it's May. May. Having said that, I do feel like there is more. I do feel I I I I get that sense because so do I. because there is plenty of stuff on HBO that I'm just not even paying attention to. I've not given a wink of sleep lost to the Avenue Five show. Apparently, no nobody has. Which like. I feel like two years ago, I would have been all over. Yeah. Any HBO comedy, two years, yeah. four years, five years ago, I'm watching every single HBO comedy they put out, man. Um, but there's, you know, there's been a few things like that. I didn't even watch the last season of Silicon Valley. I loved that show. Man, I'm deep behind on that one. Yeah. There's just too much shit, too. So, but I just wonder how they'll start to try to keep up with the pack there because yeah. they can't maintain the same pace. They got to go a little more in. To try to, comp- to just just try to keep their subscribers because people are going to mm-hmm. finish what so many people do is finish their HBO show, unsubscribe, and wait for the next season. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a problem. I'll people t- keep Netflix no matter the fuck what. Right, right. That's not the case with HBO right now. I I'll tell you this. I am ready. I'm ready for HBO to drop like a little Q2. One of their little upcoming trailers where like, what is all of that? I must watch all of it. A little slap and tickle. Yeah. yeah. It's give me some intense type music. Just fucking cool characters cuts, I recognize. Cuts, cuts, cuts. Delivering lines yeah. and shit. Just New stuff I've never even, you know, I didn't even know existed. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Hit us with that. What are those called? <laughs> hype trailers? Hype, yeah, the hype, yeah. Hype. Sizzler. Sizzler. A sizzler. Yeah, Sizzler. Hit us with a Sizzler. And that will do it for today's episode of OCC. Huge thanks to our sponsors, Quip, Liquid IV, Lisa, and Felix Gray for supporting the show. You can also support us directly and receive so much more OCC every month ad-free at that by going to patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles, where in February we did our 2020 Oscars recap and review. We did hotline calls for all. We did a throwback movie, or we're doing a throwback movie club for Casino Royale tomorrow. And we have our hotline call extravaganza coming next week for members of the Mollusk Militia. You can follow us on social media, on Instagram, at oysters, clams, cockles, on Twitter, at clams and cockles. We're also on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. My name is Ross Bolin. You can follow me at WR Bolin on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Also listen to my show, The Ross Bolin Podcast, available wherever Oysters, Clams, and Cockles is available. On RBP, uh, we cover mental health stuff, addiction, substance abuse, real-life shit, depression, breakups, heartbreak, but also funny shit like stuff to Wikipedia when you're high and pirates that you've never heard of and serial killers, and we talk a lot about animals. It's a fun show, and uh, it is it is very different from OCC. I'll just say that. The Ross Boland <laughs> Podcast available wherever Oysters, Clams, and Cockles is available. Mr. Barrett Dudley, where can we follow you on social media and hear more of your charming voice and your takes? Follow me uh, on Twitter, Instagram, at Barrett Dudley. And uh, it's just a, one more time, Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Very, very excited to talk Bond Throwback and movie Casino Club. Royale. Casino, <laughs> Casino Royale tomorrow. A Royale with cheese. Ro- it this is one where, like, yeah, definitely pop it on if you don't have anything else going on. But, like, we've all seen Casino Royale. Pop, pop, <laughs> The, uh... <laughs> Georgie? It's going to be a great episode if you've just seen the movie ever, you yes. know? You don't have to go do the rewatch. Technically, you wouldn't. Probably better if you, you should. Do. You should. Probably better if you do. But you don't have to. But you don't have to. It's still going to nah. be very enjoyable. We're going to talk about a lot of other stuff. We're going to remind you of all the best parts you That's love right. anyway, That's no right. matter what. Exactly. Yeah. So just, it's going to be a good one. Very much worth your hard earned cash monies. Do you uh, like, in my opinion, popcorn? 
<laughs> pop, pop, pop. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you in 27 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, check out the Club Cool podcast wherever you're listening to this one. Just search for, go into the search bar. Search bar. And you're going to type in C-L-U-B space. That's the space bar. Another Don't bar. spell out space. The only two bars you'll catch me in. Yeah. And uh, space and- The search bar. The search bar. Yeah. What's the other one? That's it. Space bar. What's the, you said the only two bars you'll the catch me in. The search bar. Oh, the search bar and the space bar. That's right. That's it's a right. different bar. Okay. For C-L-U-B. You got that part. Space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The space bar, not spelled out space. Cool. C-O-O-L. Search that. You'll find it. Like, subscribe, listen. You're From gonna space cool. You're gonna like name. the way you look. You are. <laughs> can you do? Can we all use that now that that guy's been fired years ago? Yeah, I'm I saying. We I, yeah, we can. Yeah. Certainly, we can. We have lawyers for this. <laughs> all right. Until our next helping. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> <laughs>